This is College Dame Day, a podcast for college football fans, hosted by three sisters who recap last week's games, talk about upcoming matchups, and find some time to trash talk the teams they don't like. Let's join Megan, Amy, and Laura as they break the huddle and kick off this week's episode. All right, everybody, welcome to a special edition of College Dame Day. I'm sure like the rest of you, we found that we have a little bit of extra time on our hands, so we are going to be putting out some additional podcasts for you all. We'll also be posting on our Facebook page and our Instagram page with a couple questions, and we'd love to get your feedback. But for the episode, we are going to be counting down the top 25 moments of college football. We're going to focus on 25 through 13 for the first one, and then you'll have to come back and listen to the final 12 on our next episode. But Megan's going to go ahead and get us started with number 25. Number 25, let's go to the Pac-12. I have Arizona State upsetting Oregon. Okay. I was very upset with Oregon because I was hoping that they would take the number four spot over Oklahoma, and I needed them to win this game, and they did not show up. Yeah, this game had pretty major implications for the Pac-12 and their playoff hopes. Um, This was Oregon's second loss. Pretty much put the nail in the coffin there, kept them out of the playoffs. I was very excited to see Arizona State win. It was a huge upset. I don't think anyone saw that coming. Um, Their quarterback, Arizona State's quarterback, was really impressive. Jaden Daniels, as a sophomore, he had some amazing throws. So I'm excited to watch him. Yeah, my favorite um, play of the game, even though I was cheering for Oregon, I did kind of like the underdog and was really impressed with the quarterback, like Megan said. But I remember there was a huge third down play, and they went for it and ended up with a long throw down the field for a touchdown. So I liked the grit. I liked the ballsy play calling. I have to give it to Arizona State. I thought that was pretty impressive, especially, like you said, for kind of a no-name quarterback going up against you know, Justin Herbert. I thought he was very impressive. Um, yeah, I think game definitely was what kept Oregon out. Um, I do think that if they had won the game, I think that they would have been voted in. I think people wanted to give like the Pac-12, like throw them a bone because they're always like whining and stuff. And with Oklahoma barely beating Baylor in the like Big 12 championship, I think that they very well could have gotten that spot. But um yeah, that was a big a big moment. Changed the whole playoffs. Do you think if that game had gone differently and Oregon had gotten into the playoff, do you think that initial playoff game would have looked any different? The LSU Oregon no. game? No. Not at all, but like it would have been no. a different playoff team, which is a big deal. Um I mean LSU would have absolutely crushed them. I mean, probably worse than what Oklahoma got beat, but like there's no doubt in my mind that that they're not a better, they weren't a better team than Oklahoma, but I think they would have gotten in had they won just because Oklahoma didn't like make their statement beating Baylor like they were supposed to. Mm-hmm. So, so you're saying you think Oregon is a better team than Oklahoma or Oklahoma is a better team than Oregon? I said there's no doubt in my mind that like Oklahoma was the better team of the two. Okay. But okay. if it came down to just voting, like they both had the one loss, like OU, K State, and, um, Oregon just if they both just had one loss I think Oregon would have voted in above Oklahoma even though that wouldn't have been I think that they wanted to give get the Pac-12 involved because you know they're always like whining about being left out and for good reason I mean there's a reason they're always left out but I think that they wanted to throw them a bone I I kind of agree I think they might have gotten the nod but they did not do what they needed to do so 
Yeah, I think one of the reasons, too, they might have gotten the nod is just because of their loss being so early in the season and being to Auburn. I think because people really respect the SEC and because it was game one and it was a close game, like I do think, like you said, if they had won this game, that Oregon would have gotten that fourth spot, but they did not. Yep. I got a little trivia for you. I think the biggest game changer for the Arizona State game was turnovers. And Oregon had two to Arizona State's zero. Which player or players do you think committed the two turnovers for Oregon? Herbert. I'm going to guess Justin Herbert threw two interceptions. That is correct. It was Herbert both time, and I threw that fact in for you, Megan. So there you go. I appreciate it. You're welcome. He's actually like a really nice kid. He does like a lot of like philanthropy. Who cares? No. <laughs> yeah, Boo-hoo. <laughs> we hate him. No, I'm just kidding. He's also really smart. But anyways, doesn't matter. That's not the segment. Anyway, I just, I feel bad because he is like a solid kid. Anyway. Yeah, well, we're judging him on his football ability. I'm, sh- I'm sure from a personality standpoint, he's fine. All right. I want to say edit right here, Megan. Amy, you're going to have to talk a lot louder because we cannot hear you. Yes. I don't know what's going on. It's so weird. Okay, I give, give us your best like talking loud voice. Hello down there. Yes, actually, that's about the level I need you. Do you have like a microphone on? Like, do you have headphones that have a microphone on them? I can go take one of the kids' Fortnite ones that they're playing with. Yes, yes. What happened? What about that like headset? What about that headset yeah, that, that she used? Kaylee's using it right now. To yeah, play don't do it. Okay, well, go bribe them and use it. You were afraid to turn Avengers off. Megan. I know, but that's keeping them quiet and away from this room where I'm podcasting. So we should also post our list when we're done and have people say if they agree or not. I feel like a lot of people are going to be like, what the heck? Yeah. I know. This is the most random eclectic list ever. I know. <laughs> it's like major games are left off. <laughs> I, know. I know. Michael's like, where's this one game at? And I'm like, and we don't need that. Yes, don't one. worry. We have like, the San Jose no, State versus Arkansas game. So. <laughs> classic lineup yes a pivotal moment in the season yep yep maybe at the end of the podcast we should reiterate that like this is our list we have a mix of kind of like the best plays the most odd plays the funniest Mm -hmm. plays Um, yeah we're we're gonna post our list when we're done give us feedback what games did we leave out what funny moments do you guys remember yes i think that's good i think we should do that to just like take over the podcast (laughs) (laughs) oh crap she's back she's back abort (laughs) (laughs) and another thing that irritates me about her oh welcome welcome to the podcast okay is that any better yeah yes okay my my thing won't let me edit what do you need to edit oh i think i because the recording already started i can't turn my because i can't hear you guys now i can't turn my the microphone thing on okay okay uh, are, you sh- are you sure? Can we go to the oh, gear? Wait, wait, no, no, no. Here. Okay, I think it's better now. Okay. Can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you now. Okay, great. Okay, great. Yes, you sound much better. Okay, let's read. Let's get back into number 24. All right. So, 24 was that awful fake punt by Arkansas that they attempted um, against Auburn. They did practice it, according to the one guy, (laughs) but um, I'm not sure how hard they practiced it because it was really, really bad. And it, the announcers, okay, so Caden got these like video games for Christmas. It's like NBA 2K20 and he 
wanted me to play with him really bad. And so I started playing and I'm like running into the stands. I don't know what I'm doing. And the announcers are like, what is going on? This is a horrible play. What was he thinking? And that's exactly what the announcers sounded like on the um, like live broadcast of that game because they were like, we're not sure what that was, but um, it was like almost a push pass. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was one of my favorite moments of the year. I felt so fortunate to have witnessed that. It was hilarious. And actually was looking, it was like a meme and it was next to the Dr. Pepper, like, chest pass you know how they like chest pass the footballs through and they were like the same same energy <laughs> like it was this half-hearted like attempt he's like uh here <laughs> yes yes he's like please don't tackle me i'm scared i know i had it i didn't watch it i didn't watch it live but i ha- i like obviously went back and like rewatched it and like amy said the announcer was like trying to be all technical he's like so it was picked off um it was appeared to be a um push pass like making up something and then the other announcer's like, yeah, I'm not sure what they were trying to accomplish here. And like the first comment that's posted on this video is like, even I can throw better than that. And it's like some young girl. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, it makes me laugh. Well, it makes me wonder, do you feel like that was the moment where Chad Morris's like contract was terminated? Do you feel like that had anything to do with him being let go at Arkansas? I I feel like the writing was on the wall. And then when he said post game that, or I think maybe going into halftime that they practiced it. I think that's when they sealed up the letter and went ahead and sent it off. Yes. Yeah. They were like, and done. Okay. Well, here's the thing. The special teams coach should have been fired because that was like the most heinous effort I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. I, I actually don't think he is a bad coach. I really don't. Um, He came from SMU and I right like no no team can turn around and get their own success like that quick. I mean, unless you know it's UCF and Scott Frost is there. But like I think some of their success now is from him being the coach there. And so I don't I don't think that he's a bad coach. Um, I really don't. And I mean, it's Arkansas, so like I I guess I don't feel like that play or even that season should have gotten him fired. Like it's Arkansas, you should get a little more time. Yeah, because he was only there for two years. He was there, I think, 2018, and then th- that was his second year. So, um, yeah, he's heading to Auburn to coach with Gus Melzahn. So we'll see what happens there. You know, Auburn is a big fan of the trick play, so we might see some more fake punts coming from Chad Morris there. <laughs> you never know. I'm sure that'll be in the playbook that he brings over. He's the offensive coordinator and, like, the quarterback coach. Yes, I know. I'm just um, kidding. There. So he's not even special teams so I guess <laughs> they're like sir please don't touch special teams <laughs> please stay away from our punter <laughs> that is a classic one Amy you you mentioned that it was Arkansas and um you know I'm sure expectations I don't really follow Arkansas football <laughs> shocking I'm sure I do kind of wonder um Sam Pittman is the new head coach there he came from Georgia and he is one of the leading recruiters in the SEC so are they going to steal recruits from Georgia now? I mean, what do you guys think the impact of that will be? If he'd have gone from Georgia to like Bama or LSU, Mm -hmm. like I think then they should be like worried that Georgia recruits aren't, you know, going to stay with them. But going to Arkansas, it's just not really the same (laughs) poll. I think if I'm Arkansas, I'm hopeful that like we'll be getting better recruits than we have been because he's a good recruiter. Mm -hmm. But if I'm Georgia, I'm not worried about losing our recruits to, to them. You know what I mean? Like, so 
Well, I I agree. I mean, there's obviously a reason that the Arkansas hired him. It's probably because of his ability to recruit well. Obviously, that's kind of falling through the cracks now that everyone cannot recruit. But I don't think Georgia's going to suffer. I I was actually just kind of researching this, and they just got another top commit yesterday. Because of this commit, they jumped, I think it was seven spots, um, and they're now ranked number 12 with a recruiting class coming in. They just got a defensive end, Jefferson. So it doesn't appear that it's hurting them yet, but we'll see what – Pittman can do it. Arkansas. I just, I don't know enough about the SEC to really comment, but my gut tells me that Georgia is probably going to be okay. Yeah. I think Georgia is going to be okay just because of where they are location wise in the midst of so much talent, you know, it's kind of hard to imagine them hurting for a recruiting class, but we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens with Arkansas if they, you know, start to put some things together and maybe they'll make a run for the SEC West. Who knows? Bumper Pool's going to be in the news more often. and Bumper Pool. Well, rolling with Arkansas here, number 23. Maybe this is what sealed the deal making, even though I think it was before. Um, San Jose State versus Arkansas. This one was picked just because of how ironic it was. Um, essentially, Arkansas, <laughs> Fayetteville paid him. What? You're like, how ironic it was. <laughs> Amy's like contributing so much to this. I know. Okay, I'm starting over. Cause... Okay. Go ahead. I think it was fine. Okay, so keeping with Arkansas, number 23 is San Jose State versus Arkansas. And I picked this game because the SEC lost. Um, but essentially what I found hilarious was that the SEC paid $1.5 million to basically have a gimme game to have San Jose State come down to Fayetteville. And then Arkansas lost. So, I mean, between that and maybe the fake pass is what uh, got Morris fired. But I had to put it in there because everyone gives so much deference to the SEC that this one just made me happy. And I know they're not alone. I know there's other teams that this happened to. But Did the SEC pay it or did Arkansas pay it? Arkansas did, but they're in the SEC is my point. Okay. Because I feel like that's a bigger hit to them than it is to, like, Alabama or, you know what I mean? Like, they're – Budget can't be as, you know what I mean, as as big. So I feel like it's just like, yeah, I'm sure their operating costs are slightly lower. Yeah, so it's like they were banking on that win, like <laughs> banking on it, and it's yes, I find it hilarious too. Well, and the SEC also took a hit when Tennessee. I think it was the first week of college football. It was the first. Game. They lost to mm-hmm. Georgia State, so it's a it's a yeah. rough start for the SEC. <laughs> And that was that was a home game too. It was at Tennessee, mm-hmm. and um, like I, because I, I watched like the last part of it, and the fans were just like so silent. It was like a tomb in there. And then like when he, he the quarterback like ran for a touchdown with like I don't know three or four minutes left in the fourth quarter, um, to seal because they were already up. It wasn't like they scored with a few minutes left to like pull ahead. They were already up and then they scored another touchdown, which was like the dagger. And it was just like the disbelief, like the camera, like panned around, like looking for something. And they were just like, I don't know. It was, I found it really, really funny because it was Tennessee. So, although I must say of all of the teams this year, Tennessee turned things around. I mean, that Titanic (laughs) just popped right back up, sailed on. It like came back out of the water and righted itself. It was quite unbelievable. It was, yeah, very impressive. I know, because I, I called, like, I really thought Jeremy Pruitt was going to be fired, like, 
I, I really did. And the fact that they became bowl eligible and then like got a win. Ugh. <laughs> ugh, the disgust. All right. So are we ready to move on to 22? Egg bowl, Megan, this one's you. All right. This was my choice. The egg bowl this year was iconic. It was a good game. And it was just capped off by the fact that Ole Miss had a chance to tie it up, scored a touchdown at the very end of the game. Elijah Moore pretends he's a dog peeing in the end zone. They get the penalty, back him up, miss the extra point. Um, it was so much drama. I think the Egg Bowl, I usually watch it because it's like one of the few games that's on on Thanksgiving Day. But do you guys remember, I think it was last year, maybe two years ago, that huge fight that broke out before the game even started? It was like a brawl in the middle of the field. And so I never realized what a rivalry that was. Um, but I'm here for the Egg Bowl. Can't wait to see what happens next year. <laughs> and it will be even more exciting because, Megan, what ESPN stole from you, go oh, ahead. That's right. The Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach, both going to the SEC coaching Ole Miss and Mississippi State they're going to be meeting in the Egg Bowl this year and I'm going to be tuning in I'm going to watch and ESPN must have heard our like little demo we did yesterday and ripped you off because I know you they were like completely on the same wavelength yeah and then they they ripped you off I, t- I tweet them ideas you guys Laura welcome. <laughs> just to save those for us <laughs> they're welcome I'm sorry you're right you're right that was a good one. I did feel I did feel bad for more a little bit because I mean, yeah, it was a stupid thing. But it's like, are you really going to flag him for? I don't know. I know they're like college kids and they get caught up. Yeah, I mean, how many other players do like dumb little things in the end zone? I mean, it was creative. I have to give it to him. Well, it wasn't really. Who did it in the NFL and got fined? Oh, really? I didn't know. Was it Odell Beckham? He peed in the end zone like a dog. <laughs> no, he actually peed. He whipped it out and peed. Yes. Excellent. And he got like he got no, <laughs> he didn't whip it out, but he was like on his hands and knees. It's Randy Moss. It's like, Randy Moss. Was it Randy Moss? And I think he got fined for it. Like, I mean, so we should have like already learned this well, lesson. No, I'm sorry, but sorry. it's Odell Beckham. It was Odell Beckham Jr. Okay, that's what I thought. I thought it was him. I guess it's just like all the excitement of scoring, and that's just like your first instinct. Like, <laughs> I don't know how that. <laughs> The celebration that comes to mind, like, I'm going to pretend like I'm peeing on a fire hydrant. <laughs> Here we go. This is, <laughs> I'm, like, reading the tweets about it. I'm laughing so hard. Well, oh. share them with us, Laura. Yeah, which one? The Odell? Yeah, someone the- tweeted, and it's like, I don't know. I'm in the end zone. I'm a dog. Yeah. So I acted like a dog. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I don't know how that, like, I can see, like, spiking it or, like, jumping up in the, like, you know, your adrenaline's just carrying, like, I don't get it. So yeah. I don't get it. But. I guess I assumed that it was something to do with the fact that Mississippi State are the Bulldogs, but maybe, oh, I don't know. You were like peeing on them or something? Yeah, I don't, but why would he be a dog? I don't know. I guess I didn't think it through. I just, in the moment, it was, you know. Yeah, that's a good celebration. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't know. Anyway. Okay, this next one. Are we ready to move on? Mm-hmm. Okay, number 21. I picked the Iowa State muff punt against Iowa. Not that it had, like, a huge impact on, you know, college football and the top 25. Like, it didn't change things for, like, the season. But that's a really big rivalry. And I had picked Iowa to win the game. But I really think that Iowa State should have won that game. And that muff punt um, 
that I mean, obviously it cost them, it cost them the game. Mm-hmm. But like, I think that I think that game exposed how weak like Iowa's secondary was. I do think that the delays in weather helped Iowa State. I do think that was on their side. But other than that, I think, I don't know, I think Iowa State should have won the game. I really do. And I think that... um, You think Iowa State was the better team? I do. Because they're not, like, the more physical team. Like, nobody's really going to out-physical Iowa very often. But, like, I think they had more talent. And I think that they had the tools to beat them this year. And, like, every score they had was, like, a long pass play. I don't, I honestly don't know why they didn't, when they realized that's what was scoring, why they didn't expose Iowa secondary more. Iowa has no speed back there. I don't know why they did that. But then, yeah, the muff punt, like, that's just got to be so, I don't know, demoralizing to lose like that when you had, because they had, like, Mm -hmm. a little over a minute or almost a minute to work with to score. They were only down one. That's just like, I don't know, that's a huge play in a huge rivalry game, even if they're, it's not like a top 10 rivalry. And it was college game day, correct, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. But then yeah. I also remember they had that two-hour rain delay. And I think that kind of, if anything, benefited Iowa because you have, they're playing at Iowa State, you had college game day there, you had kind of all the momentum on their side, and then you go through this two-hour rain delay. And so I was kind of bummed for Iowa State because I think that kind of even the playing field for Iowa kind of let the emotion and adrenaline kind of seep out of the stadium and I, I was bummed okay see I disagree because they came out of that rain delay and they had they scored on that long pass play the reason I think it benefited Iowa State more is because Iowa is a physical team and if you like get breaks <laughs> during that I, I I don't know it's hard to tell it could go either way it could go either way I kind of agree with Amy though because Iowa's I mean one of their strategies is just to wear you down and I think when you get a rain delay, it's hard to wear a team down when they keep getting two-hour breaks. But I don't know. It just it was football in Iowa summed up in one play. Iowa, not the better team, maybe, but they're not going to make as many mistakes. You know, they're just going to, like Amy said, wear you down. They're going to play solid football, and they're not going to make stupid mistakes like running into the punt receiver. I don't know, because Iowa State did look like the better team for a lot of that game. So that was a huge play. Okay, at number 20, uh, we have Memphis versus SMU. It was a college game day game, the matchup between two American Athletic Conferences, and it was pretty highly anticipated. It ended up being a back-and-forth game. Um, And I remember there's a lot of hype going into it just because of how good Memphis was, but also because this is SMU's best season since they had all the penalties imposed on them back in 1987, which I was looking into it and found it a little bit ironic because it is Southern Methodist, but we won't get into that. Um, but overall, it was a really good game. It was really close. Uh, do you guys, did you guys watch this game? I watched some yes, of I it. Yes, I did because I had money on this game. Okay. So Amy, you watched it more closely than me. Yes, Memphis did cover and I got money off them and I think I won a bet too. So it was a good game. Although it did get close, like Memphis was handily covering the spread and at the end it did get a little bit too close for comfort, but they covered. What do you guys think about Mike Norvell going to Florida State? Do you guys think that was a good hire? Okay, well, hold on. I have a joke for this part. Okay, are you guys ready? Um, you can you can answer okay. the question after, but this it's about Florida State, so this is a good okay, time to tell my right. joke. Okay, <laughs> okay, I'm it's ready. so funny. Why should you be really careful to never hit a Florida State football player who's riding a bike? I don't know. Because it could be your bike. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> because like 
they stole it and they, so they steal stuff. Yes, and they're like always in, in the news for like getting arrested and stuff. I'm sorry, that probably wasn't PC, but that was funny. That's a good okay. one. Okay, thank you. Thank, thanks for that levity. Anyway, so Mike Mike Norvell <laughs> to Florida State. He'll be sure to tie his bike up at night. Yes, um, Mike Norvell to Florida State. What do you guys think? You know, if they want to keep paying money to bad coaches and they're still going to pay out Willie Taggart while they play Mike Norvell, power to them, Florida State. Power to you. If all you get is two years to t- turn a program around, like they're never going, they're just going to, yes, have to keep paying coaches um, that don't even work for them anymore. They're never going to get mm-hmm. any stability. They're not going to get things turned around. The thing is, like at this point, now that you've hired him, you just like, you just got to ride the ship or whatever that saying is because you you can't keep doing this. Yes, I do think they want to write the ship. I think that they're going to have to stick with him. No, no, I said ride. Write the ship, not ride the ship. <laughs> but, oh, no, ride the wave. Is that it? I'm saying they're just good. They're going to have to go down with him. I was really surprised Laura didn't throw that, what she said out there. Like, they're just going to have to, like, stick with him, like, whether it sinks or not, because they can't keep doing that. You know who's getting the biggest kick out of all of this? Miami? Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, he left that program in really bad shape. And I mean, he was so fortunate to get out of there when he did. He literally, it's like that meme where like, you're like walking away from a dumpster fire, like things are exploding in the background and you like your face is like indifferent. That is what I picture with Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, no, totally. Totally. (laughs) Dumpster fire. (laughs) I mean, they got little girls selling lemonade stands to buy out coaches' contracts. Like, it is in rough shape down there. I do think that Mike Norvell is a better coach than Willie Taggart. Yeah. Um, So I I think if I was a Florida State booster, you know, I might be more willing to go down with the Mike Norvell ship than the Willie Taggart one. But you're right. Like, two years isn't. You're going to ride his ship? I'm going to ride his ship and, you know, hope for the best. So... (laughs) (laughs) Well then. <laughs> Alrighty. I think it was a good hire. I guess that's all I'm saying. Okay, you know, it's it's really not my fault. I get it from mom. Okay. Like it's true. It's true. Also, you can't really have a better conference also to come mm-hmm. into as a dumpster fire. Right. So, right. No. Right. I mean, what, you gotta worry about Clemson and that's it. So the potential is there to win. Yep. All right. Well, coming in at number nineteen, this falls into the category of personal family highlights um but watching the season opener of nebraska playing south alabama together in omaha so all of us were together in one place we don't normally get to watch football you know in the same room that was really dumb no it's fine just ride the ship guys just ride it okay so keep that wave coming Grab the wave by the horns. Here's the thing. I thought it was really fun too. And I liked that we location changed. We were like all in the hotel for the first half. That was really fun. And then we like, for better luck, we like went to that. Um, where did we go for the second we half? We went to the Capital um, District. Oh yeah, we went to the Capital District and I had a few. And um, the second half was more enjoyable than the first half because we like some things, like we got that pick six. I mean, obviously we didn't. We got pizza. We did get pizza. That was really <laughs> fun too. It was like a nervous yeah. excitement. We're like, yee. Yes. And we were all together and it was really fun. And like the cousins were playing and like getting their faces painted. And I was like really hoping that it would come off in time for Laura's wedding so that mom wouldn't freak out. Yeah, no, that was really fun. That whole day was fun because it was like the opening of college football, Laura's wedding. I do, I do have a small confession. Do you remember Laura when we like went home after the game and we were like, 
trying to do your wedding cake, like decorate it really quickly before the wedding started and like listen to football scores and stuff. Okay. And do you remember telling me to go put your cake in a safe place? Yes. (laughs) Do you remember this? You were like, okay, go find a fridge that has space. And I was like, okay, I bet the garage fridge has like tons of space because it normally, mom normally just keeps like pop and like drinks in there. Oh my gosh. Where did you put it? And so I was like, that's the perfect place. I'm going to go out there. Well, on my way out, I like tripped a little bit (laughs) and like I caught, like I caught the cake, but my finger went through (laughs) like the top tier. (laughs) My finger like went through the top tier of your cake and it was like a noticeable finger hole. And I had to like pull one of the flower like things with a stem on it and like stick it in a different place to hide it. But nobody noticed. So it's fine. Yes. To paint this picture for our listeners Essentially, imagine a cake that's just one tier. We try to frost ourselves and then realize it looks terrible. And we just basically cut up a bunch of fake flowers and threw them on the cake. So there you go. It was a budget cake. We should do like a DIY, like do it yourself, like wedding on a budget. And that should be the cake option. Or if you guys watched like Nailed It on Netflix, that's exactly what it looked like. Yes. Nailed it. Thank you. I helped decorate that. I thought it looked great. Okay, Megan, I it did in photos because you can't tell. <laughs> right, because it was like blurry, like the Photoshop like blurred <laughs> the cake. Yeah, it's like a run, it's like an action shot. <laughs> oh my god, uh, it's like a completely different. <laughs> yeah, I'm like that's yeah. not my cake. Um, but anyways, it was a lot of fun. I was gonna have to cancel the wedding if the Huskers didn't win, but thankfully it did not come to that. Yeah, so. That would have been a really horrible like anniversary too, like every year. You I know, know what I mean? Like I, I, know. Been I was like bad. panicking on the inside. That was people yeah. like panic to get married. I was like panic for the Husker game. The wedding was fine. Yeah. Um, number 18. I picked when Georgia did the pink out for Wendy, the wife of the Arkansas state coach who died from breast cancer. I believe it was and the whole like a lot of the Georgia fans wore pink to the game and they tried to do like a pink out. And I remember some of the students in the student section. I think it was like remember Wendy or we remember Wendy or something. It was just like, it was just one of mm-hmm. those like, yeah, moments where it's like, you realize it's bigger than football. And um, I don't know. It was just like special to be a part of and see it. Like I teared up like watching it. Um, Cause they did a little tribute in college game day. And then like when you actually saw the game and saw all the pink and, and then like the Arkansas state coach was crying after the game. And it was just, I don't know. It was really, it was like a bigger than football moment. So. Yeah. I love it when teams do classy things like that. Yeah. I thought it was really cool. And yeah, I remember they actually interviewed the coach before the game because obviously he saw the crowd as it was coming in before the game started. And I remember just like how much he was saying it meant to him. And so, yeah, I thought that was really unique. Um, I think Georgia has classy fans. I like them. So Georgia is the, has the most class out of any SEC team, I think. Um, I think they're like close enough to like Florida, which is like in the south, but it's more like north in the south. I don't know what I don't know why. <laughs> Georgia is north of Florida. <laughs> we should probably edit that out. <laughs> we should probably edit that out. Okay, yeah, let's go ahead and keep this moving. All right, and number 17, I picked UCLA versus Washington State for a couple different reasons. First of all, it was an insane comeback. Um, the score looked like a basketball score, and Chip Kelly finally got his first W. So I know we had some odds going on throughout the season of the first fired head coach, but um, Chip Kelly was on the list. But again, this game, he did get a W from it, 
and the new overtime rules did come into effect. But that game was – it was just crazy, just the amount of points they scored. They scored 29 points in the fourth quarter to win. Yes. I Did you guys – neither of you guys watched this game live, did you? Because it was like a Pac-12 after dark game. And Because I, I did stay up, and I was like – No, I stayed up and watched it. Oh, you did? Okay, because I – I did. I thought I was texting you guys, and I wasn't getting – We were um, just ignoring you. Like, answers. But, yeah, because I stayed up and watched this, and it was it was crazy. <laughs> well, I wasn't texting Megan because I knew she was sleeping. I was texting you. It really went into overtime? Did it go into overtime? I was going to ask because, as you've mentioned, I did not watch it. I don't think – Okay, well, I was confused because you put that on the segment, but – No, I don't think that game even went to overtime. I don't think it did either. It went to overtime. But, Megan, you put that. I just assumed that it had. <laughs> when you have a score that looks like that, like looks like a basketball score, I assumed that it had gone into overtime. That's why I asked you guys if you watched it. I don't. I don't even think there was one OT, let alone five. <laughs> I know there wasn't, but I was very confused because it was on my list, so I went ahead and read it. I was just. I assumed that it had gone into overtime. You guys, listen. This is very logical. I assumed that it had gone into overtime, and then I was going to segue into like the new overtime rules for 2019. And I was going to ask what you guys thought about that. Here's the thing. I think that it's like definitely a fine rule to make because if you can't finish it in five overtimes, then yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I knew that was coming. I knew as it was coming out of my mouth, I knew that was coming. Um, (laughs) Okay. Don't do it again, please. Um, Because it seriously though, five overtimes, like you have to be able to wrap it up. (laughs) Okay. okay, I did not say anything. <laughs> okay, we're moving on. Let's go 16. Of course, the first one, it says ballsy move, but okay. So number 16 was Mac Brown going for okay. two to upset Clemson. Amy, can you recover? I pull it together. I'm pulling a Tennessee. I'm riding the Titanic and it's, I'm getting right. Okay. okay. Yes. Here's the thing. Was it the right call? I don't know. Was it the wrong call? No. It wasn't the wrong call. I don't understand that logic. Because I don't think that there's necessarily <laughs> a wrong call. I, I get what he's doing. Like, it's Clemson. Like, it, one play for all, all the glory. I get that. And I don't... So I don't think it's, like, a bad call. But you also look... Like, UNC's at home. They have the momentum. They scored last. They could have tied it up with the extra point. So they did have all the momentum going into overtime. So I don't think... E- Either way, it's a bad call, and I get what he's doing when he goes for two. It's just like one play. That's all you got to do is convert. I don't think it's the wrong move. No, I agree with you. I think it was the right move. I think it was it was a good call. I think you have that. Clemson's the better team. You have that. I do typically agree with Amy Worth. If you're on your home turf, go ahead and continue to play for overtime. But Clemson is extremely better than UNC. You have, you have a moment in time that you can utilize – to go for the win. I think if it's very similar to Boise State, Oklahoma, even though they're a little bit more closely matched, I think you go for the jugular when you have the opportunity with the hope that you can do it and not have to match up against them mm-hmm. for the rest of the game. So I agree with it. It just didn't mm-hmm. work out. One of the biggest reasons I chose this game as number 16 was just what would have happened if Clemson had dropped that game? I mean, the implications for the season. Which, I mean, can you imagine Clemson not making it to the playoff? I, I don't. I don't think anything would have changed. You don't think you think they still would have gone? No, I don't think anything would have changed. 
Yeah, if OU gets in, losing like a close game to K-State, why the heck wouldn't Clemson still get in? I think Clemson still gets in too. And you have to remember, Clemson got progressively better. Trevor Lawrence looked like a train wreck for the first three or four games and then hit his stride. So I think all of the argument would be they dropped an early game. They're a good team now. And mm-hmm. I think they would still pass the stupid eye test, as they call it. So I still think Clemson would have gotten in. I Yeah, I still, I don't think anything really would have changed, except maybe there have been more to debate. But I still think that they would have gotten in. Yeah, but the, if they had gotten no, in, I think no they would have gotten in at the number four spot. And that could have changed things because they would have lost to LSU the first playoff game. Yes, and that could have changed things. Yes. Yeah, and Ohio, Ohio State would have had a better, a better path for Ohio State. But... Because if everything else had, had gone the same and Oklahoma, see, I don't know, though, that Oklahoma would have been ahead of them still. I I don't know. It's, it's hard. I think so, just because I think the Big 12 is more respected than the ACC. When you have a schedule like Clemson and you still drop a game, I think that's hard to overcome, even with the eye right. test. The, the, Big 12, the Big 12 is more like as a conference as a whole than the ACC, but Clemson is like its own like tier you know what I mean and so I think they themselves still have enough that I don't know that they would have been I don't know I guess that's the only thing that really would have been in question I still think they get in and I mean yes if I would have liked to see them play LSU first because I really like all season long all I wanted to see was Ohio State play LSU that's like the game Mm -hmm. that I wanted to see yeah and it's really unfortunate because I feel like Oh, I feel like Ohio State like peaked a little earlier in the season than LSU did. Like LSU, perfect timing, peaked right when they should have. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was just yeah, kind of like a fairy tale season. But Ohio State at their best versus LSU at their best, like that would have been a game, like a game of the ages, I think. And I really wanted to see that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, that that would have been the game to watch. Yeah. Anyways, speaking of Clemson. Um, I heard the um, familiar sound of College Game Day, the stepsister to College Game Day, go off in the background of someone's phone. But that was mine. Sorry. <laughs> okay, I knew it. Um, the NCAA just issued or ESPN ran a story for, that the NCAA is going to allow Trevor Lawrence to utilize like his image for fundraising for victims of the coronavirus. So I think it's pretty cool. It sounds like he started like a GoFundMe page, and like at first they shut it down. But then they're saying, because like you can't use your name or likeness, obviously, for money. But they did say that they'd make an exception for student athletes. So, you know, if any Husker players want to do it, we'll Very support true. you. Or Scott Frost, if you want to, too, I'll support you as well. We'll take a calendar. Yes. You can be all 12 months. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing it out there. Got to beat the COVID-19, people. That's right. Do it for the good of the country. That's right. That's right. All right. Number 15. We have Baylor versus Oklahoma, both of the games. Um, the highlight that we have for this one is the Art Smock goes to the NFL. Don't think that was a highlight for the game, but we'll start with that. What do you guys think about him going? Didn't he say, though, that like that was just like it was like being retired, that that was just a thing he did at Baylor and that he was going to have a different outfit? I, I swear, didn't he say that? Oh. You know, they have like the jerseys hanging up and it's like it has a hood on the back of it. They're going to like retire that poncho and hang it up in their locker room it's like in like a little like glass case with a light shining on it oh my god i hope they wash it first always remember hashtag but yeah art art bile or not art bile sorry who is it matt (laughs) 
<laughs> no, Art Biles is the old Baylor coach, isn't he? Yeah, he was the old Baylor coach. He's the old yeah. Baylor coach. Sorry, I'm reading Art Smock and I heard Art on my mind. Okay, no one's answering my question. It was Matt. They're, okay, yeah, none of you knew either, so just calm your little titties. <laughs> what? Matt Rule. Matt Rule. I knew his first name was Matt, okay? Okay, we'll start over the segment. All right, at number 15, we have Baylor versus Oklahoma. Um, actually, both of the matchups were pretty um, unique in each of their ways, but the first topic that we'll talk about is Matt Rule, a.k.a. the art smock to the NFL. Do you think he's going to be good? I actually think he will be. I think he's a really good coach. Yes, I, I do think the transition is not one that every coach can make, but I guess I have more faith in him than a lot of coaches that have tried to make the leap. So um, I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. I mean, Pete Carroll did it pretty well. Yeah. No, I'm not saying it can't be done, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying it's like a different ball game. Yeah. There are a lot of coaches who were not able to do right, it. Right. But I'm just saying if you, normally if you're successful in – in one, it doesn't. Your success isn't going to transition transition necessarily, and I think we've seen that a lot. But I mean, Pete Carroll is an exception. Um, although I, I don't know, his success in college football is tainted. So I guess I don't really. Anyway, that's a whole different topic. But okay, yes, I I really I was surprised. But are, oh, are we still talking about um, art files? The actual game? Yes, yes. I, we I are. was going to say something about the games. Um, because I really thought after watching the first game and seeing OU, like Jalen Hurts had an awful first half, um, fumbling, like, you know, the one yard line, mm-hmm. the whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought with as impressive as they looked in the last part of the first game, the first time they played, I thought if they can like put a complete game together, they can like really put a pounding on Baylor if they mm-hmm. just don't like shoot themselves in the foot like they did the first time. And then like, honestly, Baylor really like their defense. And I was very surprised by how close, I mean, it, the big 12 championship went to overtime. Like, and I was not expecting that at all. And, Oh, you didn't have like those same like mistakes that they did in the first game. And so I was, I was more impressed with Baylor in the second game. Um, like mm-hmm. I was more impressed with Oklahoma coming back and their ability to like overcome all those errors in the first yeah. game. But then the second game, I was more impressed with Baylor. Yeah, I really thought Baylor was going to get the second game. I was going to ask, do you guys think that Oklahoma peaked early and Baylor just got progressively better as the season went on? Or do you think Baylor was just that good of a team the whole time? I think Baylor was, again, we have to remember this is Oklahoma who got spanked once they went to the playoffs. But I do think Baylor was at least a legit team I do think they were good I mean they had a number seven ranking for a while so I I don't know it's I the, a little bit of a hung jury just because of what happened but I I think they were somewhat legit I guess I'll say mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. uh-huh. okay well I don't know what to say I asked the question I felt like Oklahoma was kind of like like which Oklahoma was going to show up because they they could put it together like when they wanted to, but they mm-hmm. were just, they, they weren't consistent um, throughout the year. Like they had that game against Texas. Um, and then I know at one point CD lamb was out. Um, was it like concussion protocol or something? Um, Cause he missed a game or two, right. At some point. And then, but I just feel like Jalen and OU as a whole, it was just so inconsistent. It's like, you know, against K state, it was like, they dug themselves that huge hole and then they almost came back from it. It's just like, if you could just play somewhat consistent and not make these tremendous errors, fumble on the one yard line, yeah. um, 
just be somewhat consistent. I felt like mm-hmm. that was their problem. They just they were not yeah. consistent all year. Oklahoma was very streaky, and I will say he's an athlete, but he does not take care of the ball. Like a lot of turnovers, a lot of interceptions at key moments. So I still like my heart still goes out to him. I I feel like he kind of got like screwed over a little bit by Alabama and I was like Mm -hmm. I was kind of rooting for like a redemption story for him like a Heisman or something like you know and I mean he's still got consideration for the Heisman but yeah I think Jalen Hurts may not be I mean this is obvious not the best quarterback but he is still an incredible athlete and I, I agree with you Amy like I think he just handled the situation at Alabama with so much maturity so I really respect him for that too and I mean he is like a very yeah. impressive athlete yeah he is and I think part like I think coming after Kyler Murray and um Baker Mayfield because he was like he, he was but I'm saying like Baker wasn't really that great of a, a runner like I'm saying like oh okay okay what shaken big okay but I'm I'm saying like he was a deceivingly mm-hmm. good runner too. Like that's something that, cause you look at him and he wasn't like explosive, like Carla Murray was, or like, um, it, it didn't like, like, Whoa, that guy's fast. But like he, he was good at like getting yards after contact, um, shaking people, even though he didn't look like quite as like explosive and stuff. He was, yeah, a very good athlete, even it, when it didn't like necessarily look like maybe a little bit of a Cam Newton style. Yeah. But even like I don't know. Yeah, but like a better passer, <laughs> much smaller. <laughs> well, yes. Um, number fourteen, we have. <laughs> we have Minnesota upsetting Penn State, and Laura typing PJ Fleck is poop <laughs> with lots of O's in the poop. Okay, yes, I know you hate PJ Fleck, and here's the thing: poop. I think he is a lot of the things you say, like over the top, dramatic. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I do. extra. Yes, extra. And just like, Ooh. like, stop with the theatrics. Okay, that that like awful story about the diamond and the coal where like, he pretended like, where's <laughs> diamond yes. out of the coal and the players are like, Ooh. like, okay, PJ, they're not third graders. You can't trick them. Like, so dumb. I was embarrassed for everyone involved in that story. But, um, but here's the thing. Like, I think he did get the players. You know what? He could trick them because Minnesota's never seen real diamonds. Okay. Okay. But anyway, let's listen to me. I think he got them, the players to like buy in because like at Mm -hmm. the beginning of the season, no one considered Minnesota for anything whatsoever. If, If you were talking about the Minnesota Penn state game before the season started, there wouldn't have been a shot in Hades at them winning. You know what I mean? So I did, I do think he got them to buy in and I do think he had the tools like to take them further. I think Okay, I guess we're talking about this game and then them upsetting them. So he did, they did get the upset. I think they should have gone further though. Though I think I think they should have beat Iowa after that game. I think he dropped the ball. It, it was almost like he was like, I've got all these great receivers and everyone knows how good I am at passing, but I'm gonna like be stubborn and set a, make a point that I can be a good running team too when you shouldn't. Like Iowa had such a weak secondary, like they could have just written all over them and they didn't and that was his fault i don't know why that's your like analogy tonight writing <laughs> i don't know either yeah, just like writing like, they could have romped them <laughs> what i don't know i think i have alzheimer's like sometimes i can't think of words that i'm like trying to say they could have beat them really bad there you go <laughs> good 
I th- I do think PJ Fleck is a very good motivator. Like he should be, he's like the Tony Robbins of college football. I mean, he is so, he's a hype man, you know? And I think like what Amy said, like he is able to get the players to buy in and create excitement and, you know, get momentum going. And I think we saw that from Minnesota because at the beginning of the season, they did not look good. They almost lost like their first three games, didn't they? I mean, I remember one game, Specifically, like was it like North Dakota State or something? No, it was South Dakota State. South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits, and they almost beat okay. them. Which okay, first game of the season, and honestly, like they are a good team. South Dakota State is a better team than what I mean. They took North Dakota State to like the fourth quarter, which no one really ever does. I do think they're a better team, and we we actually play them, so I I am a little bit like South Dakota State is a decent team, but they're I think their first like three games. It was overtime. It, it was close. But then I think he got them to buy in. I think winning so many close games kind of gives you like that. Right. Like momentum. Right, right. That momentum and that like confidence to win. Like it's like you, you believe do. you can win. Right. And so you make it happen. And I think he is really good coaching from that perspective. So yeah. So what do you guys think about the future of Minnesota in the Big Ten? Poop. Poop. Mm-hmm. You know where I stand on this. Poop. I do think that... I think they'll fall off. I don't think they'll be very good anymore. I do. I do think they'll fall Like I don't think Minnesota's ever going to like contend for a national championship. Um, I'm talking about the Big Ten, guys. Like, Let's be realistic. I'm not talking about national championships. I'm talking about the Big Ten, or even just the Big Ten West. I mean, I guess I think that they have some potential to contend for the Big Ten West, but... Um, a lot of their like receivers were young. Um, I think two of them were, I think they only had one senior. I don't know. I'd have to look that up, but so they do have some returning talent, but I think that's like their, their ceiling, you know, like a big 10 West, like contending for that is their ceiling. I mean, I'm not super excited to play them. Right. Well, we'll see. All right. Last one. Number 13. All right. This is the last game we'll talk about on this podcast. Um, and it is the iron bowl, Alabama versus Auburn. Um, Auburn beating Alabama on that trick lineup at the very end where they pulled the punter out and had him line up as a wide receiver, classic iron bowl, classic Auburn. Somehow they're always able to find a way to win games. They shouldn't win. (laughs) And I think it was just such an entertaining game. I don't know. What did you guys think? Did you watch it? Was Tua playing this game? I don't think so. Was this the game he got hurt in? No, he got hurt in the Mississippi state game. Okay. Cause he got hurt in the Tennessee game, came back and then he got hurt. Yes, he got like slightly tweaked in the Tennessee game. And then yeah, and he was No, he had to do that ankle surgery where he they like pinned his ankle. It wasn't like slightly But he got like his season ending injury occurred at the Mississippi right. State game. Okay. Okay. I I think that the more controversial play was actually the field goal before halftime rather than the lining up. Um like I remember Nick Saban being really mad about that because it's like you can't trick the rule is like something about how you can't like deceive other teams. You have to give them time to substitute. Right. But it wasn't even the substitute. It, they had their Auburn had their punter line up on, at, on the line, like a wide receiver or like a, um, he was lined up on the line. And so Alabama ran an extra mm-hmm. guy in to line up with him, even though they already had a punt returner in the backfield that was supposed to be opposite the right. punter. And so like that, but that's like, that's mm-hmm. your fault, Alabama. Like, you have 12 men on the field like that's on you and I I remember Nick Saban being super mad about that when I would have been more upset about the field goal before halftime well I think Nick Saban was plenty upset about that 
But I, I remember him just like talking, I guess maybe because it happened at the end of the game. So that's what came out of his mouth first. But yeah, I think that, I think that's like a bad rule because you can't have, I, I understand why you stop the clock to like, I get wanting to get the call right and like instant replay and all that stuff. But that's not right that you get more time back on the clock because of it. You know what I mean? Like the clock would have expired. Right. Because Auburn didn't have any timeouts. Right. The refs called it right according to the, to the rule book. But that shouldn't be the rule. So, I mean, I do think Auburn got away with one there. I thought it was a great game. I was actually watching it at a wedding. I have a trivia question for you. Okay, what's the trivia? Without looking, what is the most points that Alabama has ever surrendered under Nick Saban? It's against us at Michigan State. It's when Tom Osborne played him. At he said Alabama, not Nick Saban. I said Alabama. Oh, wait, what? Sorry. Oh, I didn't hear that. I thought you said Nick Saban. Amy got a little excited there. Okay, wait, can you repeat the question? <laughs> Let me listen to your question now. Sorry, I'm, I'm... What are the most points that Alabama has ever surrendered under Nick Saban as the head coach? I'm going to say 45. Okay, well, I'm guessing it's to Auburn, and I'm going to say... No looking. 47. It is 48, because yes, it was versus Auburn at this game. Okay, it was this year? Yeah, at this game. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was... At this game, Nick's has given up the most points. Very convoluted question, you guys. I'm sorry. I didn't know if you were saying, I didn't know if you were saying it was the Iron Bowl, like one of the Iron Bowls, because there's been a lot of high scoring Iron Bowls. I said this one. Okay, that's, oh my gosh. Okay, so let's reiterate for our fans that understood about two minutes ago. Yes, 48 points is the most that Nick has ever given up, and it occurred during this year's Iron Bowl to Auburn. Okay, very interesting. Good trivia, Laura. Thank you for that. Okay. Well, I thought it was, but apparently not. Okay. Well, I have a joke. Okay. What better way to end this? You listen, you guys always like cringe when I say that I have jokes, but I will have you know that people listen to our podcast solely just to hear my jokes. That's what they say. Are these people liars? I might have made that up, but I feel like it could be true because a lot of people have said that they do like my jokes. Okay. So this is just a PSA. Amy works in journalism. This is just a PSA for everyone out there to remember with this coronavirus to social distance yourselves just like Iowa has from any national championship trophies. (laughs) Okay. That is a good one. Thank you. (laughs) That is a good one. That's a good one. That's your top one of your top ones, Amy. All right. Well, that is the first of our countdown of the top 25 plays for college football in 2019. We counted down from 25 to 13. We hope you guys had as much fun as we did. We'll go ahead and post these on social media as well. Share your thoughts, give us some feedback on it, and join us next time as we count down from 12 to 1. Bye! Thanks for listening to College Dame Day. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also hit us up. We are at College Dame Day on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Join us again next week for more college football content.